Welcome to Sports Beat KC, presented by Big O Tires. And the coverage from Super Bowl week continues. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today you'll hear from Chiefs General Manager Brett Veach, who sat down with a small group of reporters from Kansas City for conversations about the improved Chiefs defense, among other topics. He begins the session with a question from our Vahe Gregorian about scouting quarterback Patrick Mahomes when he was in college. After Veach, we're going to play Mahomes' Q&A with reporters. In this interview, Mahomes said he hopes to play the rest of his career in Kansas City, which I believe was the first time he'd said something like that specifically. Finally, I worked on a story today about the Chiefs becoming a popular team, not only nationally, but in North America because of their appeal in Mexico and Canada. You'll hear from four journalists, two who cover the sports scene in Mexico, and two from Montreal, here to cover their hometown Chiefs lineman, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif. We'll get started with our conversation with Brett Feach. One thing just to start us off, it's, just, it's sort of a funny point, but uh, I saw Peter King mention this thing that I think he told me the other day. That, did Andy really tease you about your guy not, not being on the on the board uh, with, with Kuyper? Or, or I can't remember yes. what it was. Yeah, so um, it was like <clears throat> one of those evolutions where, you know, back in the in the spring before his junior year, he came back and, like he always is. I mean, he'll come back because he's always working. He's always in the office. So he came back in the office and was like, what are you doing? And I kind of half jerked him. I'm, I'm watching the next quarterback of the Chiefs coach, Mahomes. And, you know, he just sat there and watched a couple plays. Pretty good. You know, he got some ability. Walked away, and that's kind of how it started. And then during the course of the season, you were, like, watching tape and some of these throws, like the Louisiana Tech throw and the Oklahoma game. And you're sitting on your video and – send them these clips like non-stop and they got to the point where I'd send them five or six clips one week a couple weeks later so and then it got to the point where like we were in like late November and I don't know who we were playing but I sent him like four more clips he's like alright dude just stop just like we got, a, we got a ton of time here so then we transitioned to like December and he calls me in and uh, he's like hey what are you doing and I said nothing just back here watch it pop in here for a second and he's like your boy's not even on here is he coming out or what? So I was like, Coach, it's fine. But it, it was, he, he said that. I mean, it, it was, it was, he was kind of half joking. He's like, he's like looking at this list. He's like, of course, not even on there. It's like, are you, you know, you're watching the right guy. But, um, but that's a true story. It was funny. Yeah. It was good stuff. Uh, with, uh, with you and Spagnola, I know you mentioned before, like how you guys wanted directly to work together and that Andy gave you guys the ability to do that. How would you try to rebuild the defensive line? Like, if everybody knows Chris is coming back for the year, presumably you make the trade for Frank. Just how did you try to build the defensive line with Spags together? Well, I think, you know, the first thing is um, um, really whatever scheme you run, whether it be a 34 or 43, I think it's consistent with, like, the first thing you have to get wired in the mind is you got to build depth. I mean, you can sit there and identify, like, one great player, but I mean, the chances are, you know, he's going to have an injury at some point. And, they, I mean, listen, Frank. Yeah, you know, good. That mm-hmm. was real, too, that, you know, that, that neck thing. I mean, that was, that was, I mean, I don't know if a lot of guys would have played with that. And then, you know, Chris had his deal there, too. So I think you, you, you first start off with the mindset of just building depth and getting as many quality people uh, as you can. It's, it's obviously a little bit different in regards to, you know, 34 outside linebackers as, four, as opposed to 40 ends. Yeah. But what we did was we just looked at, you know, what was available out there. And um, I think when we started our, our free agency review back in December, we looked at every single um, outside linebacker slash DN that would be available, and we're going through the list. And, and now you're going to watch guys that 
um, are likely to be tagged as well. So you're going to look at free agents and, you know, um, so if you look at the clown is, you watch Frank Clark and, like, he just jumped off the tape because he just plays with a nonstop motor. So that's always, I think, a good place to start with any coordinator. You have a guy that, you know, is talented, he's fast, as long as athletic he plays hard. Um, and then from there, it was just, you know, finding guys that are a little bit more sound in the run, a little bit more um, gap savvy and can play reduced and, and um just play with, with with a chip and with an edge, and, and we had opportunities to you know to go out and get a guy like Okafor, and then the Obaba trade, and um, it was unfortunate that Speaks got hurt too. But we lost. I go back to the depth. So you look at our our roster, and you're like, wow. And then all of a sudden, you know, we lost Speaks in preseason, and then we lost um, Obaba, and we lost Okafor. Yeah. So that's why it goes back to that mindset. You got to have depth because you're gonna you know you have to be able to overcome these things. So we lost like three good players. And, you know, we still have a good rotation. So we went out and we got Damone Harris, got Terrell Suggs. Um, so to me, I think it starts with just making sure we have, you know, depth and, um, you know, working with Spags. I think it was just the mindset of, you know, just getting guys that are going to – and it piggybacked his – what he says, you know, you got to stop the run and earn the right to pass. So that was kind of the mindset that we were working on. Guys are going to play sound, play hard and run, and then uh, we'll find ways to get to the quarterback. Right. Clark said yesterday you came to him with your list of 10 personnel things or some such that you plan to do. And I, that seems like a lot to, to go, yeah. go to him with. It, 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 but I wonder how that unfolded with him. Well, I mean, uh, the cool thing about um, working with Clark is that, you know, he, yeah, Give me, it was just asked. That's why he said <laughs> that. So the great thing about working, I mean, Clark is, you know, he's, he's, he, he's great. He's very much like Andy in the fact that, you know, he's going to put people in positions and trust you. But he's also, I mean, he's involved not in the sense where, you know, and I'm saying in a negative way where it's like, well, he just, he has such a passion, you know, for the for the franchise. Um, and he's buttoned up and he's he's locked in. And as an owner, though, he's able to come in here and just give you an, an like a broad view and an overview. And sometimes that helps reset the button and, and you're so locked in and you're, you're kind of so specific in what you're trying to do where he has a chance to come in and really address you from a more broad view. And, um, you know, it, it just it, it, it gets the offseason kicked off in the right way. All right, just my broad sense. Here's where we are and, and here's where we need to be. And then from there you work your way into, all right, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to start, you know, and then on the coaching side, 4-3. We're gonna, and here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have to move on from some players, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna build our defensive line. We're gonna go out and get Frank Clark. We're gonna get a safety in, in, in the Honey Badger. Um, we're gonna work through the draft, and then we're gonna we're gonna make you know um, cap um, you know cap savvy moves like you know a Damian Wilson, a Bashad Breeland. Think about it, like you know everyone will talk about Frank and, and the Honey Badger, um, Okba, Okafor, Bashad Breeland, Damian Wilson. Um, Savarius War trade, um, but I think it, it's just it's going through the layers, and, and sometimes you need a little luck. You know, I mean, you need a trading partner to get a guy like Savarius War, um, guys like Frank Clark and, and Tyron Matthew. Those were like detailed, execute. We're, this is our mission. We're going to get these guys. Um, but sometimes when you get those guys, the rest fall into place, and all of a sudden, because these guys know each other and they want to play each other, so you sign a, a Tyron Matthew, you sign a you sign a Frank Clark. Well, Damian Wilson, you know. Okay, I mean, he's in that market. You're in that, you know, you need to sign a linebacker. He works out with these guys, and all of a sudden he wants to, you know, he's watching these guys play on TV and national. I want to be with that. And, and, and Rashad Breeland, you know, had the chance um, 
to bring him in before he signed with Green Bay. Like, he wanted to be a part of that. So it, it kind of get one or two of these guys, and then it's all it all kind of goes. How much does being here continue the idea of wanting to be a part of that? Said, How much just being in the Super Bowl and having the season that you had and showing all the improvement on defense, you know, can continue the yeah, I mean, people want to be here. Yeah, you would think. And, you know, I think um, from where we were maybe like the first offseason to last year not even getting to the Super Bowl and having that kind of, yeah, I want to be a part of that. And this looks like um, a franchise that, you know, you know, has great ownership, has a great head coach, they're stable, they, you know, they're, it's, it's all about culture. And we didn't get there now, all of a sudden, the next year getting there, hopefully win this thing. And I think that um, it, 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 it'll be a, kind of a, a double-edged sword where we're going to have a lot, want a lot of people there. I just ran out of money eventually, right? <laughs> so um, so it's, it's another good problem to have, right? Could you see with, with with Patrick specifically? Could you see was it was there was there something that could tell you that last year that, that there it was something where people thought like well fifty touchdowns five thousand yards where's the room for improvement? What did you know about him through all your research that could tell you that he was going to continue to improve even despite I, having one of the most impressive NFL seasons of all time? I think it's just um, the way it goes in. I know this has been said a lot too. Um, having Alex Smith in here that first year, just the way he prepped and, and the way he um, got himself ready. Um, going through that season last year and, and 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards, it, it wasn't like he got to a point where it was like he was coming in five minutes later, where he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. I mean, it was like the same time, the same day, and so then you get into the off season and. I mean, he could not wait to get the OTA started. It wasn't like, and, and you guys know after he had that season, I mean, he's doing SBs and this and that. You, you would think that just naturally you get into the mindset would be like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a little late this day. You know, I'm, listen, I'm tired. A long weekend. It's not mandatory. Just give me one day off. It was, he was chomping at the bit. Um, I mean, he might have been in the facility like two days before OTAs. Like, nah, I just can't wait to get this started. But. I, you know, when you're around that, you realize that this guy is just obsessed with being out there and getting better, um, never changing, and um, never letting all the accolades get to him. Um, he just has a constant drive to just push himself. It's kind of rare. If your steering wheel has more traction than your actual tires, that's a big O no. Thankfully, for all your car's big O no's, there's always a big O yes. Now through February 2nd, buy three, get one free on select sets of four Aspen Touring AS or Mesa AP2 brand tires with paid installation purchase. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price not to exceed $35 were permitted. See store for pricing. Eligibility may vary. Not valid with other offers. At participating locations, no cash value. Hey, Patrick. Uh, as an now a... Uh a fellow professional athlete, what was the best advice that your dad ever gave you? And what is your favorite or some of your favorite memories of being in the clubhouse uh, with him at a baseball team? And I would imagine you were too young yeah. to, to remember the twins. Yeah, um, my favorite memories were just taking and shagging BP and then taking BP with some of the guys that my dad played with, uh, uh, especially when he was in the Mets. I think that's when I really started first remembering a lot of things and Mike Hampton and all those guys when I would go out there and, and shag, catch fly balls and stuff like that. And then the best advice that my dad and mom always gave me was uh, just to be the best you you can be. And that was in everything, if that was sports or if that was in class or whatever it was, just be the best person that you can be at that. Patrick, we uh, we saw last month you had the, uh, the touchdown in Chicago and you counted to 10. 
I wonder how often you think about how fortunate you were to land with the Chiefs specifically and how your career could have taken many different roads if you'd ended up somewhere else. Yeah, I thought I, I think I ended up in the perfect place. Uh, to have Coach Reed and these coaches around me, uh, to have Alex Smith in front of me for a year and be able to learn from him, and then obviously to have all the, the players that I have around me. I, I, I'm in a place where the team was already a winning team, a team that had a lot of success, and I came in, was able to just be who I am, <clears throat> be, be who I am, and uh, uh, ended up uh, being able to win a lot of football games early in my career. Good morning, Patrick. Uh, every Chiefs fan were grasping for air in, in October when you injured your knee against the, the Denver Broncos. What went you through your mind? Because it looked very serious. Did you think that maybe your season is over? And how could you uh, recover from this injury so fast? Yeah, I, I for sure had those thoughts a little bit when I, whenever I, I had the injury. Uh, I think the biggest thing, as I looked down and I knew my knee didn't look right and I, I thought the worst, but at the same time, when I got back to the locker room and talked to the doctors, they, they were very positive. And then the, the next few weeks, I went to training staff, they, they, worked, they, worked, they worked me hard to go out there and, and rehab and do everything the right way. And it helped me uh, be able to come back fast and be healthy at this point in the season. Patrick. Um... How have you and uh, Sammy Watkins kind of connected the last few seasons? What what makes him such a vital part of your offense? Yeah, I think Sammy is a vital part of our offense because of everything that he does in our offense. Obviously, he's had a lot of big games and big moments for us uh, in the playoffs, especially these last two years. And then uh, uh, the way he's able to just attract defenders, get some of the best cornerbacks to cover him so other guys can get open, able to recognize the coverages on the, on the fly and get himself open. I mean, he's a guy that's very vital to our offense that's really helped us get to where we're at. Patrick, uh, Coach Reed talked about your uh, leadership. How big a role are you playing this week specifically in kind of keeping the guys grounded with all the distractions that are happening during Super Bowl week? Yeah, I think uh, Coach Reed has a, has put a, together a great plan for us that where we can do stuff with the media, we can do stuff uh, uh, outside of what our normal routine is, but at the same time keeping it as normal as possible. And so with the practice schedule that he's, he's had, with the meeting schedule that he's had, I've really felt like we've kind of kept it rolling just like we would have done if we were in Kansas City. Patrick, over here to your left, uh, can you talk a little bit about Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and how impressive it is what he's been able to accomplish, and would you ever ask him to diagnose an injury? <laughs> uh, maybe if it was last resort, I'd ask him to diagnose it, but uh, for me, uh, it is very impressive with all the work that he put, you have to put in to be to be great at, great at this sport, and I'm studying it to do that, to be able to go in the offseason and get a doctorate's degree, and, and I know how hard that is. It just shows that the hard work and dedication that he has, not only to being a football player, but just to be a person, and that, that work, I think, travels uh, and, and translates to every aspect in life. Hey, Patrick. Um, I know that you've been on every major stage, but this is the biggest stage. I just wondered, do you pray? I mean, at times like this, you got to get scared, right? A little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, prayer is something that I, I, I do anyways, regardless of what stage I'm on. So that's something that's personal to me that I, that I, I do. But uh, it, it's not about nerves. It's about going out there, having fun, enjoying it with your teammates, and just enjoying the, the, the place that you're at, in the, you're at now and uh, having fun every day you get to, to be here. Hey, Patrick, uh, you're already one of the most popular players in Kansas City sports history at a really young age, but I'm curious, off the field, what made Kansas City and the city of Kansas City a good fit for you? 
uh, it was the people. The people are, are what really draw, drew me to Kansas City and, and what uh, I hope I get to play there the rest of my career now. Um, I mean, just the people and how they they accept you, how they care about you more as a person than they do as a player, and, uh, and how much passion that they have for the Kansas City Chiefs is uh, it's special, and, it's, and uh, it's somewhere where I want to be for the rest of my career. Hello, Patrick. Good morning. Uh, championship teams always find a way to come back, come o overcome adversity. You've done that against Houston. You've done it, you've done it against Tennessee. Just talk about what are the keys of getting out to a big, a great start, especially in a game like this and against the defense you're about to face. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the last two years that I've played, I feel like we've always got off the great starts and scored a lot of points. And with the last two uh, games, uh, we, we, we haven't been able to do that. And so for us, it's about just going in there with the right mindset, uh, not trying to do too much, staying within the game plan and, and just playing like we played the, the last three quarters of the, both the last two games. And uh, if we do that and just execute it at a little bit higher level at the beginning of the game, we can hopefully not fall behind like we have the last two weeks. Patrick Jose Villalba from Multimedios in Mexico. Both you and Jimmy Garoppolo, your winning percentage are very, very high. What do you think are the similarities for both of you, Jimmy Garoppolo and yourself, in terms of winning quarterback? What do you think makes both of you such, uh, such winners? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Jimmy would say the same thing. I mean, just being in the right organization with the right coaches, with the right teammates. I mean, in this league, it's not about one person. It's not about a quarterback. It's about your team and how you go out there and play and play as a team and play together. And so I think with, with me and him, we've been put in a lot of great situations. Uh, and then we've just tried to maximize that every single day that we, we get those opportunities. Uh, good morning, Pat. Federico Olvera from Mexico City uh, for Radio 13. From how do you consider having played baseball helps you to throw the ball effectively? And what do you think are the keys you guys have to, to do in order to win the next Sunday? Yeah, I think baseball helped me a ton just with uh, being able to throw off platform, be able to just happen to throw accurately across my body uh, and, and whatever way possible to, to make plays. And I think that competitiveness and that, and that kind of off platform stuff really helped out my game. And, and the keys to the game are going to be who, who, take care, who takes care of the football, who goes out there, uh, doesn't, doesn't hurt themselves, and just execute at a high enough level. And uh, that's every football game. Uh, and we understand that it's going to be a great challenge. And we're going to go out there and try to execute at a high enough level to find a way to win. Patrick, obviously the relationship between the quarterback and the center is important. How has your bond with Austin Ryder developed the last two years? Uh, yeah, Austin's awesome, man. He, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's someone that uh, has really developed as a football player, especially with the, this last this, this year. Uh, and uh, I think just having that relationship with, with the center and the whole, whole offensive line is, is huge. And uh, I feel like in this team, everybody's connected from defensive line, offensive line, all the way to the quarterback and, and running back, receiver, DBs. And so just having a team that, that, that the bond is that tight, uh, it, it helps out a lot as the season goes on. Patrick, I know Andy Reid has helped you as a quarterback in your development. How has Mike Kafka helped you in your development as a quarterback with the Chiefs? Yeah, uh, Coach Kaff, I mean, he, he's, uh, he, he's a great coach. He's someone that he, he makes sure that I, I do whatever it takes every single day. He's, he's, every single day he's there to, to push me to be great, to push me to be better. And uh, I, so sometimes I get mad at him because he's making me do stuff that I, that I don't want to do. But he's making sure that I'm doing the fundamentals and preparing the right way every single day. And that, that you have to have someone like that that will push you to be great if you want to go out there and have success in this league.
Hey, Patrick. Um, Jacob from Fox Sports Mexico. Can you talk about the fact that you uh, joined uh, Dan Marino and Kurt Warner as the only quarterbacks to win uh, MVP and make it to the Super Bowl in just your first three seasons in the league? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Anytime that you're mentioned with names like that, uh, I mean, it, it is special. And so I understand that this is a, a great opportunity uh, to be here, uh, and I'm going to enjoy it and just go out there, have fun, and uh, try to be the same guy that I am every other week of the, of the year. Patrick, uh, yesterday Rob Gronkowski said that he doesn't think there's a clear favorite from, uh, for Sunday's game, but he feels like uh, Kansas City might have to score on each drive if they, have a if they want to have a chance to win. But considering the Chiefs have a better scoring defense than the Niners, at least during the regular season, what do you think, or do you think that statement is a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, I think in any football game, you never know how the game's going to go. Uh, I mean, it could be a lot of points scored. It could be a, a no points scored. And I think it, it's all about how you find a way to win. And so uh, we understand that there's a lot of – there's two great offenses. There's two great defenses, great special teams units. I mean, that's why we're in this game. And so you don't know how the game's going to go. But uh, whatever way it does, it's about finding a way to win when it does. Patrick, yesterday Damian Williams was telling us a story over there about you had him run down and close his eyes and throw a ball to him that he caught. Can you just give us a little idea of things like that that you do in practice to kind of get these guys where you want them to be? Yeah, that's just something where we joke around and have fun at practice and do stuff like that. And I think Coach Reed lets us do stuff like that. And I think it's, it's more about just seeing what we can do, seeing what we can't do, and then being able to go out there during the game and, and, and do, the, do the right things. And I think having a coach like Coach Reed who lets us show our personality, lets us have fun every single day, it keeps us loose and keeps us ready to go during game days. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. My name is Carlos Nava. I work for ESPN International. The chief has been big, no one of the maybe top 10 teams in the Mexican NFL history. But lately, since Pat Mahomes arrived, maybe a few years later, Andy Reid, all this stuff, they have been growing up. Right now, Pat Mahomes maybe is one of the three top players well-known in Mexico in Mexico City. They have been known because everybody know in Mexico loves the NFL. They know the history since the home family to the first couple of Super Bowls and all of this. Even I haven't seen all this media in a Super Bowl without the Dallas Cowboys, maybe the Steelers since several years ago. Wow, okay. And the fact, when the Chiefs played in Mexico City this year, that helped generate the interest, did it not? Yeah. No, everybody was interested. Even I was asking some players what happened over there, and several of them told me, hey, the game in Mexico helped us to prepare for a week like this or maybe playoff because it was a regular game, but it wasn't a regular game. It was an international game, and we didn't see that even in, in Londres, in London. So I think Mexico... 
right now the, the biggest story maybe this week is to find out who's going to play next year in Mexico right. uh, more than the picking the Super Bowl or whatever even my producer sent me a text this morning hey can you help us to find out if the Dolphins or who going over there because there's a lot of speculation when they learned and it was Palma Homes and the Kansas City Chiefs everybody was crazy I'm Daniela Limon I'm from Fox Sports Mexico well North Cone Latin America North Cone and about the Chiefs fan base in Mexico. It's been growing, growing a lot. Actually, since Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback, more and more fans have been joining the fan base. Uh, it's amazing, and I have to be honest with you, uh, the fan base in, of Kansas, everywhere around, it's amazing because you've been with the team, whatever, doesn't matter whatever it is. And the colder it gets in our head stadium, the louder you get. So it's excited to see that more and more fans have been have been joining the Kansas City Chiefs. They going to Mexico City helped a lot. Helped a lot because you're an amazing, they're an amazing team. They have an amazing quarterback. I think you're, you're kind of becoming the new AFC dynasty and you have an amazing talent. So that obviously helps. Mexico City and Mexico fan base for the NFL is growing and has been growing a lot, especially for women and younger kids. So when younger kids start looking at the NFL, they want to see one of their heroes. And Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, everybody here, it's one of them for them. So my name is Stéphane Cadaret from Journal de Montreal and Journal de Quebec. I'm Miguel Bujo, and I'm from La Presse, uh, which is one of the main newspapers in Montreal. Tell me about Laurent Duvernay-Tardy, a Montreal player playing for the Chiefs, and what that means to the visibility of the Chiefs in Montreal. I mean, we're spending the whole week here talking about the guy, so he's got this huge media impact over there. And um, I would say that especially right now as we speak, because the Montreal Canadiens are not doing so good, so he's like this big, huge sports figure right now. And being at the Super Bowl, I would say it's even bigger than it usually is. So. I think the Chiefs now are a lot of people's favorite team, which probably wasn't the case beforehand, you know, because it's not a big market team like uh, Dallas or, you know, the Patriots. Or, And I think people that have a favorite team, which isn't the Chiefs, well, the Chiefs just became their second favorite team. So I think most of Quebec and Montreal will be pulling for the Chiefs on Sunday. That'll do it for another episode of Sportsbeat KC presented by Big O Tires from the Super Bowl. Thanks to Randy Mason and Derek Donovan for producing the show, and we'll be back on Friday to talk sports in Kansas City, even when we're in Miami. So long.